0: This is the Transportation Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale.
1: Just to try to reduce crashes and keep traffic moving smoothly, they're going to want a computer behind the wheel rather than a human. If problems mean more money spent on transportation, it can hurt your bottom line.
0: Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast today. I'm your host Tyler Kern. The market for electric vehicles is growing year over year and the technologies that are powering these vehicles is continuing to move forward. So today on the podcast we're introducing you to a company that's helping make this technology a reality. They're called Nanoramic Laboratories and I'm speaking to their chief technology officer Nicolo Brambilla. Nicolo, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you, thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's a pleasure having you on the podcast today. And this is really an exciting time to be having this conversation because electric vehicles are really a huge topic of conversation. So give us a sense of the current state of the electric vehicle battery industry and give us an idea of where we are right now.
1: Sure. Um, Yeah, so I would say that uh, today, if you look at the Uh, how the electric vehicle market is growing, and how that market is kind of affecting how lithium-ion batteries are today. Um, I think you can you can clearly see that we are at a state where lithium-ion batteries are actually uh, performing um, well. Okay, so maybe a few years back actually we were not even uh, kind of predicting that batteries could get to down to a price point where they are today or that they could actually uh, kind of deliver the energy density that uh, EVs need today. Now that being said um, there are many things that you know we'll need to improve in the next years uh, both in terms of uh, cost of the batteries but also in in terms of the performance of uh, you know those batteries. Now um, there are maybe you know two main types of batteries that you find in EVs today, uh, and I'm talking about the format of those batteries. Obviously, all the batteries are into a battery pack. Okay, so those packs look like very large packs of uh, up to maybe 100 kilowatt hour for the larger uh, cars, um, and you know those battery comes in uh, a kind of cylindrical form or in a flat kind of prismatic form, and the state of the art of lithium-ion battery today. Um, usually, you have a cathode uh, where the cathode is made of uh, high nickel content uh, cathode, like an NMC material or NCA material, and on the anode uh, side of things, you find graphite. Um, so you, uh, today, we see that there there are some changes, uh, there are some improvements in both the anode and the cathode, but that's kind of the standard uh, that you see that you see today. And in terms of energy density and and uh, cyclability, which are very uh, kind of important parameters. Um, you know, today we have lithium-ion batteries that are able to uh, basically uh, power a vehicle for uh, hundreds of miles, uh, which is uh, which is a you know very good news because it's getting closer to that range that really you would need um, you know a vehicle to perform. So. That's kind of where we are today I would say uh, in terms of batteries. Um, as I mentioned before there are uh, many things that will need to be improved. I would say that uh, cost is definitely one of the things because if you look at a vehicle today, one of those vehicles today, um, if you look at their price point it's still uh, I would say much higher than uh, you know, your kind of conventional uh, engine vehicle and what is driving that price point is usually the battery pack. So the battery pack is what defines really the cost of the vehicle. So in order for those vehicles to penetrate the market even further, and that seems going to be the case in the next years, obviously the price point of those batteries will need to go down. Not just one price point, but usually what matters is what we call the dollars per kilowatt hour. So it's the, it's, you know, it's the dollars per unit of energy. That's really what matters, and that number will need to continuously go uh, go down. So that's one thing. And then obviously there are other things that will need to be improved. Um, one thing is the energy density. So it's basically the amount of energy that those battery can store in a given weight or a given volume. The higher is the number, the longer is the range of the electric vehicle. And that's also a very important part. Obviously we want the range to be as long as possible. That will kind of solve a lot of the anxieties that are, you know, that the end user has, right? When you know, when 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 you need to drive one of those vehicles, you want the vehicle to last as as long as possible, at least as long as a conventional um, engine car. So those, I would say, are the things that you know that we need to improve, and together also with cycle life. So that's the number of charges and discharges that the battery life can uh, uh, you know withstand. So uh, that number today, uh, it's you know kind of depending on the conditions, but it needs to be at least one thousandth of those charge and discharge. And if you combine that number of cycles together with the range, uh, you you know today we hear claims uh, that we could get batteries that could last for a million miles during the whole uh, lifetime, you know, million kilometers or a million miles, and that would be uh, an exceptional uh, goal, uh, you know, to be met.
0: So tell me a little bit about the technologies that you are developing at Nanoramic Laboratories and, and what you hope to achieve with those technologies as it relates to the, uh, you know, the goals that you've set for these batteries moving forward.
1: Sure. Um, yeah, so uh, I'd like to give you kind of a background here of like how in general um, companies are trying to approach all these problems and how they're trying to solve and try to improve you know, those lithium-ion batteries mm-hmm. and then how we do it. Um, In general, what you see is that, you know, there are a couple of trends that you can really see. One is in the uh, new cathode materials. Um, As I said, the NMC cathode with high nickel, it's maybe going to be kind of the standard in the the next few years. And uh, so you see like NMC cathode, like NMC 811, but now we see even with higher that 80%, 80% content of nickel in the cathode, so that's one way, and the reason is, if you get to those levels, the the capacity, so the amount of capacity you have in the cathode is higher, and that will help increase the energy density. Um, you, like We also see trends of um, basically eliminating cobalt from the cathode, because cobalt is the most expensive. Um, uh, uh, you know, metal that goes in the cathode. So that's uh, another trend. You also hear a lot on the anode and actually the anode plays also a very important role especially in improving energy density and we hear things like, uh, you know, blend of graphite and silicon or or, or like uh, high loading silicon materials. Those silicon materials have very high capacity compared to the standard graphite and that really boosts the energy. So you see I think to get to, you know, that battery that would meet those goals, a lot of different kind of ingredients will need to be put together. So here's what we, you know, what I would like to to share with you all uh, about, uh, you know, what Nanoramic does. So uh, at Nanoramic, we invented a technology platform, which is called Neocarbonics. And um, you know, it's a platform in that it can work actually with all those materials that I mentioned before. So what new Carbonics is, is basically a technology to make new type of electrodes for lithium ion batteries, whether the electrode is the anode or the cathode. Uh, the key uh, technology point here is that we are able to eliminate, um, especially for the cathode point of view, we're able to eliminate the PVDF binder from the electrode. So you know, what, what, is, what is this binder? What, what does a PVDF binder do? So in all the electrodes today, whether it's a nanod or a cathode, you find a binder. And usually this binder works as a polymer. You know, it is a polymer and works as a glue. Basically, you you want to keep all these active material particles uh, together. And also you want them to attach to, uh, you know, the metallic foil, whether it's aluminum or copper. Mm -hmm. Now, there are a lot of drawbacks about the binder. Um, I I would say the biggest one is the fact that it is an electrically insulating um, polymer. And therefore doesn't add anything uh, good to the battery itself. If anything, it lowers the efficiency of the battery. So we eliminate that uh, polymer. We are able to manufacture the electrode without those polymers. And you have two major benefits in there. Um, The first one is that, uh, first of all, we are able to improve the efficiency of the battery while also increasing the energy density. And we increase the energy density by having high loading electrodes. So what does high loading mean? So high loading means that we're able to do those coatings on top of the foils with very thick active material coatings. Uh, And this really improves in general and it, it, it gives you higher active material percentage at a cell level and therefore it improves energy density. Whether you're using an NMC cathode or an LFP cathode or whatever other, other cathode material as well as anode, in general with this technology you just have a higher amount of active material in a cell. So less passive components, you have less foils, you have less separator and so on. So that's one advantage. The other advantage, which is also key, especially for the EV market, is the ability to lower the cost of uh, you know, the manufacturing, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is also a very important point. Um, so how do we do that? Um, well, that's actually also very simple. When you have a PVDF binder, okay, or any other binder, but especially those binders for the cathode part, you need a solvent, which is the NMP solvent, that is very difficult to um, kind of dry you need to dry that solvent after the coating. So it's difficult to dry because it boils at very high temperature. And why do people need that? Well, they need them because you need to dissolve those type of binders. Now, since we came up with a technology that doesn't uh, actually need those uh, PVDF binders, we are able to use um, other types of solvents, which are very easy to evaporate, so you can dry, Pretty quickly which means that the throughput is higher or which also means that you can run those coating machines at a much lower temperature and this uh, actually boosts up quite a bit that um, you know that dollar per kilowatt hour sign actually that goes down right so so that's I would say the second main benefit here maybe I like to talk about a third um, a kind of component which is also very important so I'm sure people that are listening are you know also kind of asking right so how do you make the electrode without the binder uh, actually this is a very interesting uh point and and you know we can actually use those standard roll-to-roll coating systems um we make a slurry then we code the slurry and then there is a third step which is called calendaring so it's basically use the same steps that are used today in a gigafactory the biggest difference is that in the slurry we don't have binders and the science behind it is, is obviously very different, okay? But if you look at it, it looks exactly like a standard process. And the final product, it's uh, a sheet or a roll of uh, electrode that looks exactly like the uh, regular binder-based uh, uh, PVDF system.
0: Wow, that's that's really interesting. Uh, the way that you've uh, you've been able to, to to manage to do that um, that's that's particularly fascinating. So, Nicolo, there was there's one other aspect of this that I want to That I want to touch on because I think at the heart of the desire for electric vehicles is that desire to reduce dependence on fossil fuels, right? So um, because of their impact on the environment and and that sort of thing. So is it possible to create a battery that has a higher energy density, um, is at a lower cost, but still uses environmentally friendly processes?
1: Uh, yes, and and this is actually one of the main things uh, that we do at Nanoramic. Not only we look at uh, uh, you know the performance and and the cost, but we also look at how kind of compatible the process is, uh, you know, for the environment, for example. And um, one of the things that I mentioned before, actually, I would say the most um, dangerous, if 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 that's the right term, but the most kind of dangerous step that you have in a lithium-ion battery process today is this. Uh, electrode coating process where you use uh, solvents uh, like for example the NMP solvent and NMP is a very toxic solvent. Not only that but when you evaporate the solvent um, companies need to recover the solvent because you cannot evaporate it into the atmosphere because it's very toxic. So not only it's difficult to deal with this uh, type of solvent but also it's very costly to deal with this type of solvent because you need to recover it. Now uh, our approach to this is that since we don't need to actually use the NMP, we can choose whatever solvent we want. That's a very important point for this process. We select green solvents and also solvents that either you don't need to recover, like for example, water, although water is not compatible with all active materials, but we can use water. But also we select those solvents to uh, basically have a lower boiling point. So they're very easy to dry. We consume much less energy to make batteries because, and that's also a very important part. There is also a second point that I'd like to make, and this is the fact that without polymer binders, it's also easier to recycle those electrodes or those active materials later on, once the battery is used. Uh, and, And that's, I would say, it's also another major point that I think fits into this conversation.
0: So, how has uh, Nanoramic developed, and where did you start as a company, and how have you gotten to the point where now you are working uh, to build and to create these lithium-ion batteries that will power electric vehicles? Is that where the company started, or has there been an evolution process to get to where you are today?
1: Yeah, so actually, you know, we haven't started working on lithium-ion batteries, but we invented neocarbonics out of necessity, and you know, let, me, let me go more in details. So, um, you know, Nanoramic, which at the beginning was called FastCap Systems, actually uh, was uh, born out of MIT here in Boston. Uh, And at the beginning, um, you know, we developed uh, also an energy storage technology, but, you know, those kind of energy storage that we were working on were called supercapacitors. So supercapacitors, um, you know, in a way are similar to batteries in that also they store energy, but they can be charged and discharged However, they only have a fraction of the energy that a battery has. Now if you look inside a supercap, also the supercap has those uh, electrodes, which they actually look pretty similar. Um, but instead of cathode and anode, you have a, a symmetric kind of uh, anode and cathode, and they're only made of carbon. So at that time, um, you know, we were focusing on high temperature supercapacitors. And something that we realized is that uh, conventional technologies wouldn't work at the temperatures that we wanted to work. And I'm talking about above 100 degrees C, actually, 125 to 150 degrees C. Um, so one of the key aspects is that the electrode part has a binder. You know, the typical electrode has, you know, those type of binders. And binders, in the presence of an electrolyte, and at those temperatures, they degrade. They either melt or they change morphology, so they create a lot of issues in the cells. So basically, we had to um, overcome this issue, and we invented the first binder-free electrode that could be actually made using those roll-to-roll coating systems. So that's how the technology was born. And later on, we realized that the benefit of not having a binder not only Uh, improves the performance at high temperature, but it has a very large impact on other key metrics, like for example power density, energy density, and not only in a supercapacitor, because this kind of technology can actually be used for a wide variety of electrodes in energy storage. Now our focus today is lithium-ion batteries, because we've seen that we actually bring a lot more advantages in a battery rather than a supercapacitor using this technology. And also because, as I mentioned before, the market is growing very fast and there is the need of better batteries and then is the need of cheaper batteries. And that's what the process can do very well.
0: So, Nicola, what, what really excites you about the direction that the industry is going and the, the technology that you're creating? What excites you for the future and where you see things headed?
1: Yeah, so I would say it's, you know, it's all these things combined. That's that's really what uh excites me, the fact that um we can use this technology um with many different materials. And, you know, we work with different companies that that need uh, you know, very different materials because they have different needs. Either they need more power or more energy or cost is a first priority for them. So I see that this type of technology is actually, you know, can work really with all those materials that people use in batteries. And and this is very interesting to me, not only for cathode, but also for rounds. And I'm talking about silicon or mixture of, of silicones. There are a lot of advantages there, like for example, improving the cycle life using this type of silicon material. So that's one thing that I think um, it's, it's, it's really good. Now, um, in general, what excites me is that uh, You know, there are more and more people that actually are interested in uh, electric vehicles. Um, And obviously, uh, you know, the the growth of the EV market, which is today, you know, it's it's led by Tesla, uh, you know, obviously. Um, You know, but that's really something that excites me. You see this market that is rapidly growing. And I think we're going to play a very important role in the next few years. Uh, And the reason is because, again, we enable all those materials with one process Um, And we see uh, technology benefits, but also from an economic point of view, the cost of manufacturing of those batteries is lower. So those two things combined, I think, are very exciting. Um, Now, this also combined with the fact that we look at the environment, we look at the CO2 emissions and things like that. So not only by having uh, more EVs you know, we will reduce the CO2 emissions. Of course, there are many other factors that need to be looked at, but I would say also the production of the lithium-ion battery is something that people should realize and should look uh, as, you know, also a way to generate, you know, some of the CO2. So I would say the fact that we can produce the electrodes as a fraction of the energy, you know, with a fraction of the energy that is that, that you need uh, to make kind of the conventional, uh, electrode, I think also this is something that excites me personally.
0: Absolutely. Well, in 2019, uh, the EV market saw a 40% growth. And so we hope to continue to see that type of growth uh, moving forward for EVs because you're right, uh, it, it's better for the environment when it comes to CO2 emissions and, and, and things like that and reducing dependence on fossil fuels, which I think everybody uh, can agree is uh, is a positive thing for the environment. And so it's exciting to see uh, where the industry is going and, uh, and the work that you're able to do uh, there at Nanoramic. And so uh, so if, if people want more information on Nanoramic, They should go to the NaNoRAMIC website. That's N-A-N-O-R-A-M-I-C dot com. And there's more information on neocarbonics, as uh, Nicola was mentioning, and and so much more. And so uh, it's a great website. Everyone should go visit it and, uh, and learn more about the work that NaNoRAMIC is doing. Absolutely. Well, uh, Nicolo, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast today and sharing a little bit more about nanoramic laboratories and uh, and what's going on in the world of uh, lithium-ion batteries.
1: Yeah, thank you, Tyler. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Absolutely. And everybody, thank you for listening to this episode. Again, remember to go to nanoramic.com for more information. And of course, uh, we hope to do more podcasts soon. Uh, but until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for listening.